0: Shall we? Uh, and uh, we do have a microphone here in the sanctuary. Uh, as well. So it'd be great if we have three different people who would like to volunteer to pray for me by your Holy Spirit to speak your word boldly and correctly to your people gathered here this day. I pray, Lord, that by your Spirit you'd enliven your word to our hearts, that we would live it out boldly and faithfully. We honor you, we worship you, and adore you, and pray all of this. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, I think we're about to start the live stream. So, if you have your Bibles with you today, I invite you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and then 2 Peter chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 2 Peter chapter 3. In 1 Corinthians, we're going to read verses 32, 33, and 34. Paul's writing here, and he's talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What do I gain if, humanly speaking, I fought with beasts at Ephesus, if the dead are not raised? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Wake up from your drunken stupor, as is right, and do not go on sinning. For some have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. And then to Second Peter chapter 3, starting with verse 11 and down to the end. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, he's talking about the heavens and the earth. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved... as they do the other scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Amen. May God bless to us these readings holy word. I have to admit, if you haven't recognized this, that I I tended to be a bit of a strange child growing up. I know I've become quite a well-rounded adult, and you'd never guessed that initially. But I I remember thinking quite philosophically early on uh, and wondering about the world around me. And I often felt like that I was the only normal person in the world. I don't know, have you ever felt like that yourself? Okay, you all are leaving me hanging here. Okay, none of you felt that way. Uh, But I I was, you know, as a a child, as a young man, probably as a teenager, I thought I was the only normal person and the rest of the world was abnormal. It was just caught in something, it was strange and, and weird. But then I began to realize, if I was the only normal person and everybody else was abnormal, that meant that the abnormal was normal, and the normal was abnormal. And so I got really confused after that. Was I normal? Was I abnormal? You know, where where <laughs> where did I fit in all of this? And you know, and I think right now a lot of us are kind of wondering that ourselves. What is normal? What is normal right now? Uh, our world is not normal in any way. And by the way, it wasn't really normal before COVID. Uh, I kind of liken it to this. When you work long enough with the pigs, you stop noticing the smell. And frankly, our world for quite a long time has been caught so much into sin, so much into that which is contrary to God's Word, That we begin to lose sense of how lost in some respects the world is. By the way, I'm not one of those that think the world is getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, I do think sin is getting worse and worse and worse. But I think there are other things in the world that are getting better. But that's a subject for uh, another message and quickly. uh, Another message completely, excuse me. But right now we've got a lot of people talking. I want to get back to normal or I want to get into the new normal, whatever that is. And, you know, and frankly, I I don't think that normal really exists. I don't know that normal is really going to exist anytime in the near future. I think we as people, as Christians, need to plan for the instability that we're living in right now to last at least two years. It might last longer than that. But we need to plan for it to last at least two years, if not longer. Now, it's great. If it doesn't last two years and you plan for it, no harm done, right? But if it does last two years or more and you don't plan for it, then you're going to get caught out. You'll get caught off guard. I mean, this whole situation has shown us how quickly, looking at the words of Peter here, how quickly our world can dissolve. How everything we know, everything we appreciate can just simply dissolve, can simply fade away in what seems like almost an instant. So the question that we have as Christians right now and going into the future is how can we live in the midst of this instability? How can we go forward faithfully as Christians? How do we deal with this? And, uh, and I've titled this series that I'm starting today, don't know how long it'll go on, <clears throat> but I've titled this series I've started today, Forget Normal, Dive Into Different. Forget normal, dive into different. You need to stop looking at what normal is. You need to stop looking for some kind of normalcy in your own life. Because life will not be normal on any understanding of that word for some time. So instead of pining for that which does not exist, and which probably never really existed in the first place, let's dive into the different world that God has for us. And so we're going to be looking at that, and we're going to be looking along with that, then how do we continue to navigate through this situation uh, regarding the virus? Because the virus is likely going to be with us for some time. Uh, And we need to have wisdom in what we're going to do and how we're going to live in the light of this reality. And so I think we've learned something from these two passages today that we can begin to apply as we forget normal and begin to dive into different. The first thing, and this is something that's really, really been on my heart quite strongly. In fact, I had such an urgency that I needed to bring this message today. When I was thinking through the series, uh, I was really wrestling with the Lord and, 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 and how to move forward in the series. And logically, there were other messages that should have come before this one. But uh, I really just continued to have a press of the Holy Spirit that I needed to bring this message today, particularly these first two things. Number one, we must avoid sin clusters. Avoid sin clusters. Now what is a sin cluster? A sin cluster is a place that tends to promote people coming together to do something that is not God-honoring or God-pleasing. A sin cluster is a place or an activity that's bringing together people to do something that is not God-honoring or God-pleasing. I think we've started to see this, uh, and we'll continue to see this, that COVID has begun and will continue to emerge in places and through activities that tend to promote sinful behavior. We see this in the city of, of Aberdeen. Aberdeen has gone, had to go into some degree of lockdown again because people were coming together in the bars and people with COVID came together in the bars and the bars began to spread COVID. Now, I'm not against drinking, I'm not against bars per se, but the kind of establishments that seem to be drawing people together and seem to be promoting the disease were the kinds of establishments that sometimes promote sinful behaviors in the people uh, that, that participate in them. And I think that we're going to see that. Uh, we're going to see that on the increase, and particularly vulnerable places will be places where groups gather to do things that are not necessarily God-honoring or God-pleasing. Uh, so we need to watch out for these sin clusters uh, because they will be places not only of physical vulnerability, but also spiritual vulnerability remember what paul said there he said do not be deceived bad company corrupts good morals bad company corrupts good morals i don't care how holy you think you are if you get into the right crowd you will fall into sin and so we need to avoid those crowds And right now, life makes that kind of easy, right? You know, if you have some friends that say, hey, let's get together and let's party on the street, you can say, well, no, you know, uh, I I think I'm going to follow the government guidelines. Uh, And you don't have to say, you people are crazy, you know, I don't want to get together there, I don't want to do something that, you know, you don't have to make a judgment there, you just, uh, you know, hide behind the government. But the key thing is, we have to avoid the places and situations in which sin is tends to abound. We must avoid sin clusters if we can forget normal and dive into different. We must avoid the sin clusters. A second thing that's really essential for us, the sin clusters are more important, avoiding sin clusters is more important than I can stress here. It really, really is essential that we as Christians need to avoid sin clusters. And, you know, I'll let you determine what that is. The second thing is we must guard ourselves against lawlessness. Guard ourselves against lawlessness. Absolutely essential. And this uh, lawlessness is abounding. That's one thing I said back in March, if you remember I said that we are going to see the rise of lawlessness. And we have just begun to see the rise of lawlessness. I think that it is going to increase, and it will increase to the extent that many times the authorities will not be able to curb the lawlessness. We've already seen that in some of the street parties that have come up where the authorities have just said, the police have said, there's too many people. We can't deal with this, and so we're going to retreat from it. Uh, So we must guard ourselves against lawlessness. Now, what is lawlessness? The first thing we think of with lawlessness, it's doing whatever you think is right in your own eyes doing whatever you think is right in your own eyes. doesn't matter if it's a rule or if it's not a rule. I'm going to do what I I think is right in my own eyes, and I'm going to disregard legitimate rules. Now, there are some rules that are not legitimate that we do need to disregard. There are some rules that are legitimate that we need to regard, and we need to be carefully discerning the difference. Because in a spirit of lawlessness, what ends up happening is we sometimes disregard rules too quickly that we need to be regarding. So the first dynamic of lawlessness is doing whatever you think is right in your own eyes. And we as Christians, we have to be careful because we easily justify our lawlessness using God. Well, I must obey God rather than man. You know, I, I must do what God tells me to do. And then we kind of create what God's telling us to do. And God may not be telling us to do that thing. I've seen this many times, even before COVID, you know, where where somebody comes in and say, prophetically, you know, they want to give a prophetic word that that really tears somebody down and brings a lot of correction. And, and you know, and they'll say, well, you know, I, I have to just speak what God tells me to speak. But actually the Bible says, well, Prophecy is given for encouragement, edification, and comfort. And so we create our own rule to supersede what the Bible says. That's lawlessness. That's lawlessness. But that's not the only kind of lawlessness there is. We can also become so legalistic about the rules that we begin to add things that are not rules. We create our own rules we become so legalistic about the rules that, we're, that are there that we start to add things that are not rules. Like if somebody says, well, you know, you, you need to wear a face mask when you walk along the pavement. Well, no, that's not a rule in the UK. Uh, or, you know, someone says you have to wear a face mask indoors at all times. Well, that's not the rule in the UK. Uh, or that everybody has to wear a face mask, no exceptions. That's not the rule in the UK. And the problem is I've even seen some Christian sites as well as some non-Christian sites adding to what the government says so that they start to interpret rules and insofar, in such a way that they create a rule that wasn't there in the first place. That's lawlessness. And we have to avoid lawlessness. Lawlessness. But there's a third kind of lawlessness that we must absolutely avoid as Christians. And that is where we become the self-appointed enforcer of the rules. You make yourself the self-appointed enforcer of the rules. Now I was tempted at this. I mean, in, in the time of lockdown, when, when things were really locked down and we were doing our one day a week exer- or one, one hour a day, one day a week, that's, that shows you how much I exercise. That's my one day a week, one hour of one day a week. It's kind of like a lot of people go to church, you know, but that, that's, that's my exercise. Uh, and we'd be walking down uh, by St. Paul's and we'd go over to the Millennium Bridge and there'd be bicyclists, cyclists riding on the Millennium Bridge. There are signs on both sides of the bridge. Cyclists dismount. And you get groups of cyclists. I just wanted to carry a cricket bat with me. Just go whap and see if I could whack a mole into the, into, into the Thames. See how big a splash they might make. I mean, I, I didn't do that, obviously. Uh, I told you I was a strange child earlier on. So, But I was tempted. I was tempted to yell at people. I saw a, a, a news report when I was up in Scotland that was horrifying to me. It was uh, three women on a, on a train. Uh, two women were sitting across from each other, not wearing masks. One woman was deaf, uh, and so she needed to be able to uh, read lips, and that was part of her communication. Uh, so, so they had to not wear a mask in order to communicate. That's part of the government rules but there was a woman opposite them in the aisle that was yelling at them and yelling expletives at them. You you got to wear your face mask. You got to put your face mask on. What was she doing? She was practicing lawlessness. She was making herself the enforcer of the rules. It wasn't her job to enforce the rules. If she had a legitimate concern, then she should have talked to a conductor on the train to have the conductor come and speak to the women but she didn't. That is lawlessness. And here's the problem. We can easily get carried away with lawlessness. I mean, we've all heard of the mob mentality and mob rule. And that's when a group of people get carried away with lawlessness. That's when they start damaging people and damaging property and, and, and all, you know, thinking that what we're doing is okay. And the problem is here, as as, uh, Peter points out to us, lawless people lose their own stability. James says, do not be carried away by the error of lawless people and therefore lose your own stability. Fall away from your place, from your foundation. And that will always happen in lawlessness, Lawless people lose their stability mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. We must take care. And lawlessness destroys love and mercy. Lawlessness destroys love and mercy. As Jesus said, because of lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold. And if we are caught up in lawlessness as God's people, we cannot be agents of God's love and mercy. And you see this, you see it all around when people are getting caught up in lawlessness, whether it's climate change protests or any kind of protest, they get caught up in lawlessness and all of a sudden love and mercy goes right out the window. And we must guard ourselves zealously against lawlessness guard ourselves zealously against lawlessness we must take care of our lives take care of our lives so we avoid sin clusters we guard ourselves against lawlessness and then following peter's advice here We need to pursue what sort of people we ought to be in lives of holiness and godliness. We need to pursue what kind of people we ought to be in lives of holiness and godliness. You need to pursue the person that God wants you to be, but how God wants you to be in holiness and godliness. That's what Peter is saying here. Go after it. Go after it. Become that person. By the way, nobody can stop you from being the person that you ought to be. Nobody can stop you. Nobody can hinder you from being the person you ought to be in lives of holiness and godliness, especially people that irritate you, the people that make you angry. They can't stop you. In fact, sometimes God puts somebody in your life to irritate you so that you will pursue a life of holiness and godliness. So the next time somebody is really bothering you, thank God for them. And if you keep thanking God for them, amazingly, they might stop bothering you so much. Just a a side note. That's that's a bonus point. It's a bonus point. So how pursue what sort of people we ought to be in lives of holiness and godliness according to Peter here well first knowing that Jesus has risen from the dead and Paul is establishing that as our foundation you know he says Paul says if Jesus hasn't risen from the dead then let's eat and drink and be merry for tomorrow we die and life is meaningless and hopeless and that's true I mean, if Jesus has not risen from the dead, the COVID-19 situation that we're in has destroyed the world, and there's no recovery from that. Your life is destroyed. Your life is meaningless. But you know what? Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, and because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, resurrection can come into every situation of our lives. That's the truth. And because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, we need to look forward in faith, according to Peter, to the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness dwells. This world will never be normal. This world will never be whole. This world will never be fixed. This world will never be 100%. This world will never be disease-free. This world will never be brokenness-free. But there will be a world, there will be a new heaven and a new earth that God is going to create for His people in which righteousness dwells. Where there will be no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more sadness, no more pain. And this world, life in this world, is really kind of like a training ground to get ready for life in that world. And so we live boldly. We look forward in faith To the new heavens and the new earth, which should give us courage to live boldly in faith in this heaven and this earth. But we have to be looking forward in faith. If you're focused on what was past or you're focused on what is present, then you'll never really be able to live a life of holiness and godliness. You have to be looking forward in faith. And I'm going to come back to that in the coming weeks. The second thing Peter tells us here, he says, be diligent to be found by Jesus without spot or blemish. Now, Peter's looking back to the Old Testament law where when you sacrifice the lamb and, you know, a lot of times, just as a side note here, a lot of times people get really upset about the idea of sacrifice. But, you know, the sacrifices were, were like celebrations. They were like parties. So it wasn't just the, the wanton killing of animals, uh, but actually it was killing of animals for a community purpose so the community could have a feast, um, much like we, we might do today. Uh, so, but but Peter is looking back at that, and in order to offer a lamb or any kind of sacrifice to the Lord, the sacrifice had to be without spot and without blemish. You know, without uh, a spot on its coat, it needed to be pure pure wool, pure white, uh, and without any kind of blemish in its skin. Now, what's the parallel for us? You know, because I I don't know about you, but I've got quite a few blemishes. That's why I don't want you to look too closely at my face sometimes. Uh, Obviously, that's not what Peter's talking about. So what is he talking about? A spot is a sin pattern in our lives. A spot is a sin pattern in our lives. It's not just a one-off sin, but it's a pattern of sin in our lives. When Paul says this in, in the passage we read, he says, do not go on sinning. Now, we're not supposed to sin at all, right? We all know that. But we are especially not supposed to keep on sinning particularly when we know something is wrong. We need to deal with that. We need to keep short accounts with God. So as soon as you sin, you need to repent. As soon as you sin, you need to turn away from the sin. And you do that simply by saying, God, I I agree with you. I acknowledge, I confess that I have sinned. I have done something that was not pleasing to you. I now choose to turn away from that and I ask you to cleanse me through Jesus Christ from all unrighteousness. And the promise is that the cross of Christ will cleanse us from all of our sin. That's the promise. And so we repent, and by repenting, we can stop sinning and turn around, and the blemish, the spots are gone. We don't have any spots. The blemishes are a little bit more challenging. The blemishes are character flaws. Now, I know none of you have a character flaw, but I'm sure I have a lot of character flaws. Uh, And the problem is, for most of us, we try to excuse our character flaws. Well, that's just the way I am. Maybe you've got a temper, and you throw your temper and well, that's just the way I am. I get frustrated with things easily not with people, but with things, you know, so I kind of, and Karen doesn't like it. And I'm trying to correct that because it's a character flaw. You know, I'm not happy that I get frustrated with things, that I lose my temper, but I'm trying to deal with it because I want to get rid of the character flaw. I do not want to excuse my character flaws. And a lot of times we do that. We excuse our character flaws. We have insecurity. And so we try to excuse our insecurity, our pride, uh, our selfishness, self-centeredness, all kinds of character flaws. We must reject the idea that this is just the way that I am, and we must relentlessly pursue growth in our character. Relentlessly pursue growth in our character. Until the day you are dead, pursue growth in your character. Never stop. Because you have to be diligent. You have to work hard to be found in Jesus Christ without spot, that's a sin pattern, and without a blemish, that's without your character flaws. So put to death your character flaws. They're not helping you. And if you need to know what your character flaw is, Ask your children or ask your spouse. Now, if you don't have a child or spouse, then ask a good friend who will be honest with you. I pointing out people's character flaws. I'll do it if you force me to. But, uh, but I'd rather the Holy Spirit do that. And by the way, that's the easiest way. If you say, Holy Spirit, show me my character flaws, I guarantee you this next week, He'll give you at least a half a dozen that you need to work on for the next year or so. So just be bold. You've got to be diligent. You need to deal with it because if you are carrying sin and character flaws around with you, you cannot dive into different. You will always pursue normal. You will always be looking to go back to normal. You won't dive into different and you won't be effective. So deal with this. Deal with this. That's what Peter is saying. Just what I'm saying. Then he says the second thing here, or third thing here be diligent to be at peace. Be diligent here to be at peace. Now, what does he mean by at peace? He means, first of all, we have to refuse anxiety. Everywhere I'm going right now, people are living in anxiety, and we got to resist it because anxiety is a debilitating disease that will destroy you i'm more afraid of anxiety of unchecked anxiety in my life than i am of covid 19 because i know that unchecked anxiety will destroy you will destroy your life will destroy your relationships and it's hard when everything is changing when everything is insecure in, in your life, it's hard to resist anxiety. But we have to pursue that. Cast all our anxiety on Jesus, Peter says at the end of 1 Peter in chapter 5. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And that's what we need to do. But to be diligent, to be at peace, not only means to refuse, resist uh, war against anxiety in your life, but also you need to practice rest. Our temptation is just to go, 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 go to try to fix things. You can't fix things. So you need to learn how to practice rest. And by rest, it doesn't mean, I'm not saying you should sleep an extra hour every day. By rest, you need to rest in who you are in Jesus Christ and the fact that God cares for you and God is with you and God loves you and God establishes you and God will never leave you or forsake you. Then Peter goes on to tell us that we need to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. Grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus if we're to be found as people living lives of holiness and godliness. Now this means, first of all, you need to receive, we need to receive the grace of Jesus for our lives every single day. When you mess up, the grace of Jesus is there. When you make a choice that's not the optimal choice, maybe it's not a sin, but the grace of Jesus is there. You need to give yourself grace in your life, but also you need to give grace to other people. Because the grace of Jesus is not only for you, it's for others. So when other people make a mistake, when other people do something that uh, offends you or annoys you in a certain way, give them grace. Give them grace. That's how we grow in the grace of Jesus and we grow in the knowledge of Jesus by getting to know Jesus in an ongoing relationship, continuing to read the Bible, continuing to pray, continuing to worship, continuing to pursue a relational dynamic with Jesus Christ. So as we engage with these things, we will learn what it means to be people who live lives of holiness and godliness. I was really struck up on the Isle of Lewis as I talked with people there how much fear and anxiety there was on the island. How many people were just so concerned that they could get COVID-19, that they might get sick, how vulnerable they felt how so many in the churches wanted to retreat, wanted to fall back, wanted to pull away. Uh, I was really, really struck by this. And you know why I was struck by this? There is no COVID-19 on the island of Lewis. There's only been eight cases in total this entire time. And all eight were people, as I understand it, that were working on the oil rigs. And now people who work on the oil rigs, it's three months on, three months off. Uh, Before you go, you get tested. And before you come back, you get tested. So there is no COVID-19 on the island. And yet people are still living in the grip of fear and anxiety. Longing for some kind of normal that will never be again. No, we cannot get back to normal, and we cannot expect some kind of new normal to emerge in the next week or two. But what we can do, as we avoid sin clusters, as we guard ourselves against lawlessness, we can pursue... What it means to live lives of holiness and godliness in Jesus Christ, because Jesus has died on the cross for this. He rose from the dead for this, and we are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can live boldly for Jesus. And that's what our world needs right now. It needs Christians living boldly for Jesus Christ, who know their Savior, who are growing in grace and the knowledge of Jesus who are dealing with their their sins and and their, their character flaws, who are seeking to be at peace with the Lord, who are looking forward in faith to the new heavens and the new earth that God is going to bring based on the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that has already occurred. This is the kind of people that we need to be. This is the kind of people the world needs to see in this time because God intends for his kingdom to continue to go forth, for Jesus to continue to be exalted, and for us as God's people, as the church of Jesus Christ, to continue to be agents of kingdom advancement for the glory of God in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, we love you, we honor you, we worship you, and we thank you. I pray, Father God, that you would help us. This week, uh, I don't know if my brothers and sisters will see this as a blessing or a curse, but for all of us this week, show us our character flaws. Show us the one or two things, Lord, and I know there might be more, but the one or two biggest issues that you want us to deal with. And then by your grace, help us to do that. Lord, keep us alert to sin clusters and lawlessness. But most importantly, keep us in touch with you because we're looking ahead. We're looking ahead to the future that you have for us. We're looking ahead to the new heavens and the new earth. We're looking ahead to dive into the different world that is emerging through this season by your grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Strengthen us, continue to unite us, keep us healthy, strong, and safe. We pray all this through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Well, let's join uh, together. We're going to have one more song uh, of worship. Uh, it's a great uh, song, this song, The Way. I thought, there's a new horizon, and I'm set on you. Uh, very, very powerful words, I think, for this time.